0: Well, good morning, church. It's good to see you all. I gotta tell you, it's nice, the sun is shining, everybody's happy, a little happier than when the skies are gray. And man, it was just wonderful to be together this morning already in the walkway and just hanging out with one another. So we have more in store, and I was commenting earlier, I, I know we always thank our worship team, but from time to time, you know, you're hearing certain songs that come on Christian radio, and I'm like, man, Bailey does it so much better. That's my, that, that. and I'm sure you guys think the, the same thing. Um, that's, yeah, so anyways, I just wanted to throw that out there. Um, before I, I introduce our guest speaker today, I have one uh, short announcement. It's an exciting one. But before I give that short announcement, I want to wish Pastor Scott a happy birthday. Yeah. So I was thinking about this. If God had like a dictionary for us or an encyclopedia, you remember old school encyclopedias? They're now decorations on bookshelves for like the vintage look. But um, if you were to to turn in there to words like faithfulness, perseverance, courage, faith, you'd turn there and you'd see like, oh, there's Scott's face again. Oh, there's Scott's face again. So Scott, I mean that. You really model that, and you've modeled that in my life. You've been my friend for a lot of years, and, uh, and so happy birthday, man. We wanna honor you, and instead of, of of having you awkwardly stand while everybody graces you with happy birthday, I thought, you know it would be cool if we all just said happy birthday, Scott, on the count of three, Right? Just to honor you, Scott, this is all for you. So ready? One, two, three. Happy birthday, Scott. All right. right. Hey, as many of you know, and if you're visiting with us, um, it's my joy to to share this as often as I can. God has been so faithful in provision. Um, We say things like God is our provider and God has provided in a miraculous way for this church and has enabled us to pay off our construction loan and all of our debt, that there is literally a document. Yeah, yeah, no, it's good. You can clap for that. There's there's literally a document that we have that has a red stamp on it that says paid in full. That I'm in no lie just was like Woo-hoo! like you know the tears flow as you see that as it came from the bank and and we give God all the glory and honor and praise for what He's done. It's a remarkable thing that He's done for us, and so we want to celebrate Him well, and we want to um, to do that with this thing we've been talking about, which is called Jubilee. If you read in Leviticus chapter 25, um, it's a really cool chapter of Scripture where where Jubilee, in essence, is like everything is right as it should be. Like everybody gets forgiven, forgiven of debt. Everybody treats each other the right way. And, um, and you know, it's this year of that that we don't really have record of, of the people of God ever walking into. We don't know for sure, but um, we certainly want to celebrate that, um, not just on May 28th, but all year long. And we have this theme that we, we're calling it, um, bring your best, right? Everybody say, bring your best. And so I wanted to unpack bring your best a little bit so that, that you don't think like, well, my best isn't really that cool, you know? Like so-and-so is a really good artist or they're a really good baker or they're a really good barbecue or whatever else. Bringing your best includes all of those things. Um, this party that we're gonna throw is gonna be like, uh, in uh, the way, only way I can envision it is like what I would imagine an Old Testament feast being like, just like long and purposeful and enjoyable with really good food, right? And good weather and all of the above and a lot of people. So, So this is what we envision. But um, we have these signups, and you've all been faithful to begin signing up to that to to bring your best in areas of food. Like if you love to barbecue, to do that. If you love to help with hospitality, to do that. If you love to sew, to you're like what sew? So? And then that's where everybody kind of got maybe a little bit confused. Like what are you guys bringing your best, and what are you doing? And what we're what we're wanting to do is express our gratitude. This principle of the first fruits. Have you heard of that in scripture? that the best that we have, that God has given us, we wanna offer back to him in a way of just saying, thank you, Lord. And so we're gonna transform our lobby into an, an art display. And if you love to do art, and, and I would just encourage you, um, don't feel like, well, my art's not cool. Your art is very cool. <laughs> God loves your art. Do you realize that? Like He made you creative. You're made in the image of God. And if you want to bring that as, a, as just an offering, an expression to the Lord. Listen, if you're a poet, we want your words. Just bring it in, in, in writing and in, in how much you're grateful to God. If you're a dancer, we want you to dance before the Lord in celebration. Don't freak out, man. That's that's in the Bible, that we want to have a night of worship after we have a great long meal and a lot of fun. And so bringing your best has to do with some tangible things, certainly, but it also has to do with you and the first fruits of your life and bringing the best of your gratitude to the Lord, the best of your worship. And so what we're presenting is a full, long, old school Sunday where you're just going to be like so happy, fat and happy, like we like to say. You know, we're gonna come for our, our, our regular worship at 10 a.m., and then we'll have a meal around 12. There'll be some, some setup time. And then we're gonna have just fun and activities and, and just the time to spend together. How many of you enjoy where you don't have this schedule of like, I gotta be somewhere, the unhurried life? We wanna give you that opportunity for a couple of hours, maybe four or five. Can you imagine just being able to sit and hang out? We're welcoming you to doze off and take a nap in your easy chair right here. And then somewhere around um, six o'clock, we're gonna come back together for a night of worship and that night we'll go from six to whenever we're done. We're just gonna have testimony of God's faithfulness and we're gonna to sing to the Lord. We're gonna dance before the Lord. We're gonna celebrate. I mean, there might be like a conga line or something. I don't even know. It could, be, it could get it could get crazy, right? So this is this is our response to God's goodness and so I just wanted to share that with you a little bit more and build that anticipation. I also wanted you to know that the expectation is not for you to come for every moment of this. If you want to, we would love to have you from beginning to end. I think many will choose to do that. But if you have things to do, come and go. Come and go and just enjoy it. Just know we'll be here all day and all night. It's gonna be awesome. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. Yes, thank you for that. Hearty round of applause. Um, I have the privilege of introducing our guest speaker, and and I would say, um, as we're getting to know you, Corby, you're not only a guest, I really feel like our heart beats with your heart, and we love what you do, and Corby Dukes is is now the the CEO of Kids Alive Ministries, it's an international ministry that's in seven nations, Their focus is on children. And um, I had the privilege of meeting Corby about five years ago. And after meeting him and through the Eatons, we had this opportunity to go and see firsthand the work that he was doing in in Guatemala at the time. And I'll let him share more of what he does, but just from my perspective of seeing a ministry that was completely holistic in the area of justice and restoration, that they were taking um, young children who had been abused in the most horrendous ways and helping them through this long journey of telling their story, of, of reporting their crime, of seeing a, 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 a court um, case happened and justice happened in the court system and then not just going okay, victory, but then walking with that child through restoration, through um, reunification where, where possible with family, through um, help in the areas of therapy as well as discipleship. And And I would say, and this is no um, like attempt at flattery, I would say in truth it's one of the most holistic ministries I've ever seen. And the way that it's done is beautiful. And so I can commend Corby to you not as just somebody that I read about on the internet or somebody that I think is super cool I think those things and I did read about you on the internet but but um but but I can commend him to you as a man of God who I've seen firsthand do the work of the gospel with great skill and so it's no wonder that he did so well in Guatemala that they made him the president of the whole organization so anyways Corby would you come would you give him a warm welcome we're we're delighted to have you here this morning Just talk amongst
1: yourselves.
2: <laughs> thank, thank you, Danny. It's a it's a privilege to be here with y'all and uh, to to just be um, in this community. I really love this place. It's always been um, yeah, just a sweet place um, for me to be. And I'm going to just share just real like real briefly a little bit of ministry and then um, some scripture that we're really um, grounded in. So if you go ahead and Put up the, there you go. So this is, this is us, and uh, we are I'm now, uh, get the privilege of leading a ministry that's around the world. As uh, Danny said, in 17 countries, Lebanon, Kenya, Zambia, DR Haiti, um, Peru, and where I was for 12 years in um, Guatemala. And all over, in all of these countries, we have uh, four goals. Uh, that we want to share. We want every child, every, every family in first office that they would enjoy a vibrant and life-changing relationship with God. Uh, and we, ha- we believe that in order to help them uh, in that, to help them be fruitful, to, to, to build good soil uh, for that word to come in and, and increase a hundredfold, uh, we want them to experience emotional and physical well-being uh, we want them to be prepared for a life of independence and service. And um, we don't want to give kids just a vacation when they're in our program and send them back to chaos. Uh, we want to make impact in community that they're not living in communities that are defined by fear and violence. And uh, so one of the, the, all this is driven by um, Isaiah and his words in um, 117. And this is something that we, we, we lean in strong as a ministry. And particularly this first verse, uh, this actually first part of the verse, which kind of we'd skip over some of these things we're so familiar with, and learn to do good. And the tense of that is to continuously learn to do good. I was an engineer before. And uh, in those days, we talked about continuous improvement. So we should be continuously reviewing and looking at how we can, how do we learn to do good better? How do we really seek justice and what defines justice? How do we uh, rebuke the oppressor? Which is actually a lot of, most, most translations it says defend the oppressed. The actual literal is rebuke the oppressor. How do we? stand between kids? I, I almost have this picture of, of that part of the verse of Jesus standing between the mob and the woman caught in an adultery. And how do, we, how do we stand before people to make sure they're treated justly? And so that's, that's what drives us around the world. And, um, you know, one of the things that we do is everything we want to have is rooted in Scripture. And uh, we have what we, we call safe havens. And, and as I was looking, you know, I want to make sure this, is, this program and the concept of this program of safe havens is just grounded. In, and I found this beautiful psalm uh, that I want to share with you guys, uh, Psalm 31. And it's really like the song we were talking about, the raging sea. This psalm is talking about having a safe haven uh, from the storms of life. And so it starts off in verse 1. Uh, Oh, Lord, I've come to you for protection. Don't let me be disgraced. And I underline that word because disgrace really has the sense of don't let me be held up into public shame where people are looking at me and seeing my shame and seeing my that just really woundedness. And, you know, It's one thing to be vulnerable and and share our woundedness. It's another thing to be held up for public ridicule. And I think anybody in this room, I think we would do anything to avoid shame. That really heart-crushing attack on my soul. So don't let me be crushed. Save me. And the word here is really help me escape Draw me out. Put me in protection. For you do what is right. Turn your ear to listen to me. Rescue me quickly. Be. Be my rock of protection. The, that be, uh, that tense of that verb in Hebrew is just pleading. God, please. Be my rock of protection. A fortress where I will be safe. And that that phrase is actually a little bit difficult to translate, and I'm not a Hebrew expert um, except for when I Google. And um, if you look up and, and really take apart, it's really saying, God, I need a home that provides safety and protection. I need a place where I am safe and protected. So that really makes us into this concept that we call um, a safe haven. Next slide, please. Of uh, What we do around the world in a lot of us give children who have been battered by the storms a haven. And I love this word, and I wasn't smart enough to pick it out, um, because haven Actually, his root is harbor. And the thing about a harbor is ships come in for protection from a storm, but they're not supposed to stay there forever. They're supposed to go back out in the world. That's one of the things I love about, and I just feel this. I was just looking at the going by, and I just want to commend Danny and the team here. You guys don't, this is a blessing community. Community. It really is. And just little things, like the little sticker, I need space, which I feel like I should have because I'm not a huggy person. And there's a lot of hugginess around the world. So, so to me, and I know it was a tragedy, and honestly, COVID took my mom. Um, but in, in a way, COVID was like a blessing to me because everybody was keeping a distance from me. <laughs> yes, Okay. Yeah, more introverts out there. Yeah. Um, but but just, that, that, just that little thing of, hey, you know, of making sure people feel safe and secure here. I, I just want to just little touches like that for this community. But a haven like that song, a place where we can come in. If anybody has ever been on the open ocean I have in a storm, man, you want that harbor. You want that harbor, but then you understand with that ship that you're not supposed to stay there forever and to move out. And that's, that's what this whole concept of ours is, to help kids heal and be prepared to go back into life. So verse 3 uh, starts, you are my rock and my fortress. For the honor of your name, lead me out of this danger. Pull me from the trap of my enemies that I find protection I entrust my spirit in your hand. Rescue me, Lord, for you are faithful. And when I was studying and and going through this this verse, uh, this psalm, it really hit me. I need to pay attention to this psalm. And it hit me right here at verse 5. Because in a lot of translations, it says, uh, NIV, uh, it says, into your hands I commit my spirit. So on the cross, in his pain and in his agony, this was the psalm Jesus was pointing to. And so when there's something that, you know, Scripture Jesus is pointing to, particularly in, in his distress, it, it really is, hey, this is something for me. Uh, so verse 6 goes, goes, I hate those who worship worthless idols. Man, we live in a world that is saturated in idolatry. And it's so pervasive, we actually miss it. We have people who idolatrize guns, we have people who have idolatry of money, we have people who idolatry sex. It is just so pervasive in our society. It just washes us, and we almost can't even distinguish it from ourselves. I will be glad and rejoice in your unfailing love, for you have seen my troubles, you care about the anguish of my soul. You have handed me over to my enemies, but have set me in a safe place. And that's actually another really kind of difficult part to translate. And the best way you can think of that safe place is... A place where I can just breathe, man. You know, when you're stressed and you're getting beat up by life, don't you just? We were we were just talking about the. I love to fly fish. Just the joy of just being in nature and just a space to breathe. And in that space to breathe. I think is where God can really come in and heal. And one of the great pleasures I've seen and one of the blessings I've seen is how kids can simply heal, how we all can heal when we have a place where we can breathe. Go ahead. And it's this place where God gets to work when we can breathe and just be and be still I think that's actually the maybe the definition of be still and know that I am God to be in a place where I can just breathe and let God work and I love what this child um, said in her testimony uh, that I heard um, when she came into our ministry and I love I mean I was just like wow I wish I had written this for you to read that would say it to us but it came from her heart which makes it just so much more powerful, everything changed in me. Everything, not everything changed in my world, everything changed in me, and that's what God is is wanting to do in our life by offering us this, (laughs) this where you are right now, a space to breathe and let God in and everything changes. But we live in a real world. And this is where I love the Psalms, man. I mean, I just love the Psalms. And it's, he starts, I just wanted to go back to eight. I set, I have, he has sent me in a safe place. And then immediately, verse nine, God, please help me out. <laughs> I'm in a safe place and immediately, I have mercy on me. I am freaking out. <laughs> I can't even see from the stress. My body and soul are withering. I'm dying from grief. Let's give ourselves some grace when we're feeling this way because the dude just said, God's put me in a safe place. <laughs> and immediately, as I'm dying from grief. Sin has drained away my strength. It's interesting he doesn't say my sin. It's not an exclusive my sin. Because, man, people can beat us up with their own junk, right? And their own sin. I carry baggage about the dumb and bad stuff I've done. I carry baggage about the stuff done to me. And it just feels like it's withering and draining. I just waste away from within. Verse 11 Oh, go back, I'm sorry. Or did you go to? I can't, I'm lost. Go back. Oh, here it is. Okay, verse 11. I'm scorned. I'm despised. You ever feel like your community is just pointing at you? What a screw up. (laughs) I and my enemies are afraid to come near. And they see me on the street. People run away. It's really funny, the perception we get When we're freaked out and panicked and consumed by sin and pain, what do we imagine? I called called Danny and he didn't answer. He's ghosting me. (laughs) Oh, my wife, you know, she was kind of of, uh, weird to me. And we start building up all this perception about everybody in the world's turning their back on us. And that's why it's so important, this whole restorative process, even though we know we are in a safe place, even though we know we are here, safe in community and family, we still need this restorative help. Go ahead. That's why it's so important as part of our ministry for this emotional and physical well-being. And if, and if we were psychologists or social workers, who, um, and we are, we have a very professional staff, we would say perceived physical and emotional well-being. Because remember, it was just a few verses ago, the guy was saying, hey, I'm in a safe place, but the perception of the world around me is, I am freaking out and to have this, this community in a place where we can just experience emotional and physical well-being. You guys get loved on here. You're going to experience tons of physical well-being with all that awesome food at your Jubilee celebration. And it's so important to, that we minister to each other. You know, one of the things in... in uh, I could go off on another tangent and I'm not going to. This is the problem when you speak without notes. Um, but really, the, my life or my work at Kids Alive really just super changed my understanding of the parable of the four soils and the sower. You know, when Jesus is talking about there's, there's soil that's like a path and you throw the seed and it bounces off and there's rocks and weeds, he's not telling us not to waste our time with hardened soil. He's telling us to work it, man, to prepare the soil, to help people with their physical and emotional needs so that that seed can actually be planted and give fruit and give harvest and be bountiful. And that's what, man, we're just all called together to minister to each other, to help each other walk this path. Because even when we're in a safe place, man, it's just awful easy to be completely freaked out. Um, So next verse, please. I've heard the many rumors about me, and I'm surrounded by terror. My enemies conspire against me, but I'm trusting in you and saying, "You are my God." And it's so awesome, and this is why it's just so key for us. And the next that this goal, we want kids around the world in our ministry, and this is just really, really key enjoy. God wants us to enjoy Him. God wants us to be changed by Him, so just, and have this vibrancy in our life. That's why God came here to give us life in abundance, vibrancy, and that's what we want for these kids. It's so awesome to see These safe havens give kids the space to breathe and grow and have this relationship with God. Next verse, please. My future is in your hands. Rescue me uh, from those who hunt me down. Let your favor shine on your servant and your unfailing love. Rescue me. Verse 17, don't let me be disgraced, O Lord. That word again, shame is such a powerful negative force on us. I call to you for help. Let the wicked be disgraced. Let them lie in the the silent grave. Silence their lying lips. Those who are proud and arrogant that accuse the godly. This is why this is so important, what Danny was sharing. Our goals, our um, battle uh, for justice. That's why it talks in Isaiah, the need for justice. It's these lying and accusing and giving kids voice. Please for the next slide of giving them um, voice back. We call it justice that heals. Is what we do because we want this pathway to justice for a child who has been abused or has had been a victim of horrible, horrible crimes. That um, they are protected. They're they're given voice. They are empowered. And they just get, simply get up to say the truth. And the truth silences lying lips. Next voice, verse, please. How great is the goodness you have stored up for those who fear you. You lavish it on those who come to you for protection, blessing them. You hide them in the shelter, safe from those who conspire. You shelter them in your presence, far from accusing tongues. Twenty-one. Praise the Lord, for he has shown me the wonders of his unfailing love. He has kept he kept me safe when my city was under attack. And then immediately, what? In panic, I cried out. <laughs> this is why I just love you know it, it's so often in Psalms, it's this what you know, yin and yang. God's with me, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? God loves me. God, why do you hide your face in times of distress? That's our experience, yeah? (laughs) I mean, it is super easy when things are going great. Yeah, God's got me in a safe place. And then the storms come and stuff happens. Man, I so relate to this of just where are we in life and then I know it up here. I got my seminary degree. I know all the biblical cliches. And let's be honest, when somebody gives you that biblical cliche, what would you like to do? <laughs> okay, yeah. All right. That's why I love this church. <laughs> and in the midst of that, you just I'm like, I'm crying out. I don't know where God is. I don't know where God is. But we do know, He hears our cry for mercy. And He answers our call for help. Amen? But it takes work for us to remember that. That's why we go to the next slide. We are, our core of our ministry is really around this. And I I actually have gone to Um, boil down the entire biblical narrative to this. Who's God? He's so much of the Bible is God simply trying to reveal to us who He really is. Because we get lots of bad information about God. (laughs) We get tons from our personal experience. I've heard kids, God hates me, God's to blame, and the Bible is just crying out to us about who God is. He's love. He's not far off, he's present. He's not to blame, he's good. He hasn't abandoned us, he sent his son to die for us. And then, who, who are we? Who am I? And so much of it, you're terrible, you're bad, you're this, you're that. Man, we get enough of that from the world, right? we, We actually don't get that much of it from God. Yeah, sin is bad. But who does he call us to be? He calls us to claim him as our father, which means we're his what? Child. He says you're not filthy, you're not covered in shame, you're, you're light and salt, you're clean. You're not abandoned, you're chosen. You're not hopeless, you're, you're powerful. And all of you guys are going to have a chance to see another key, key identity he bestows on you. On the 28th, when you come in here and you bring in your artwork, you are God's art, man. Ephesians 2.10 says you are God's masterpiece. You are God's, like God was an artisan, creating something one of a kind that'll never ever be other than you. And you were created by his hands as an artisan, not a mass-produced thing, to do good works that he planned in the future for you. Can we just, like, lean into that and say, wow? Yeah, let's do that. Wow. I mean, you can turn to each other and look at each other as God's walking artwork and say, wow. Wow. I mean, that is just mind-boggling. You're God's walking, breathing masterpiece. That's who you're called to be. And then he just draws us into this, how do we respond to that? How do we respond to that? How do we trade off garments of mourning and put on garments of praise and lean into that and respond to the world out of that identity? And we spend so much time figuring out how do we fight sin and God's saying, lean into your identity and your response will be as natural as breathing. So anyway, um, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just so beautiful what this, this thing we call the Bible and we read almost too casually sometimes. Just look for it. God's always saying, this is who I am. This is who I call you to be. This is the way to respond. And that's what we do. And so we, even, we can even boil it down to 13 little flashcards for kids. That just, who are you? Who is God? And how do you live? Live with faith, virtue, understanding, self-control, perseverance, love God, love others, love yourself. Pretty simple. Modern psychology finally caught up to the Scripture. (laughs) Um, So um, next, next verse, please. So as he comes, he winds up after all of this, this yin and yang, At the bottom line of, love the Lord, all you godly ones, for the Lord protects those who are loyal. He harshly punishes the arrogant. So be strong and courageous, all who put your hope in the Lord. Again, just kind of key words here wrapping up on this verse. If everything was smooth sailing and we didn't need a harbor, why are we constantly called by God to be what? Strong and courageous. And he knows the world is tough. <laughs> he knows that even though we have it in here, our hearts cries out in panic. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? <laughs> my God, my God, why do you turn your face when I am freaking out? He gets it, man. He knows it. That's why he's saying, always be strong and courageous. Uh, I'm going to end this. We're going to have, it's a a short video. Uh, It's kind of a a child's journey and uh, didn't have it planned, but God did. And I would like for you guys to think of this video as an advertisement for what Abby was talking about uh, for, um, was it royal families? Yeah. Uh, Because it's kind of the journey of a Guatemalan child. Uh, to a foster family. And so, man, I just would really encourage you guys to, to get behind that program and support these kids who have everything they've ever known, good and bad, taken from them and placed in this other world. And it's a sweet thing to come alongside and be God's, instrument of saying hey you're God's child you are chosen all that stuff you're clean you are powerful you have what it takes I love that story of the of the kid getting her voice that Abby was sharing and you are God's artwork that he created to do good works and you're the Only one that'll ever be able to do what God called you to do. Amen. So we'll have this um, video.
3: (laughs) Te estoy separando de tus padres para tu protección. Acá le traigo a Lucía. Gotea, Nena. Vamos a ver si traes algún gol. ¿Tienes frío?
1: Sí. Pasa adelante. Te vamos a meter toda la
3: Exhala. Ellos son tus mentores y se reunirán contigo
0: regularmente. Te gusta estar aquí.
3: No sé si puedes oírme, pero creo que sí puedes, eso es lo que he escuchado. Señor, te pido una familia, te pido que ellos me acepten por lo que soy.
2: Lucía, para tomar una decisión es importante para mí saber su, tu opinión. ¿Quieres vivir con esta familia?
3: Sí, yo quiero vivir con esta familia. Señor, te pido una mamá y un papá que me quieran mucho. Que no me hagan daño. Amén. Mamá. Hola, papá. Hola, qué alegría verte. Bienvenida, hija, a casa. Bienvenida.
2: Just want to um, close in prayer and uh, thank you guys for the opportunity to, to share with y'all. I love uh, coming, coming to this church. Uh, I do need to ask the audio people next time not to set my mic on Southern. I don't, <laughs> just started now, just catch my accent is off for some reason. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, let me pray and uh, we can. Uh, my time with y'all. Father God, I thank you that you bring us, um, you offer us haven in a safe place where we can breathe. I thank you, God, that what you are creating in Bridge, this safe haven um, for people to breathe. And when we breathe, um, your word really has the chance to grow and make fruit and that we can now leave this haven and be a blessing to others. Uh, Father, I thank you for the uh, opportunity to work uh, with the staff around the world and uh, for the things that we get to see, uh, what you do in the lives of children who come from such hard um, places and such hard, um, who have hardened hearts, that you can uh, turn into good soil, uh, Lord. I thank you for um, what role that you called me into to it, and uh, just appreciate you, Jesus, and love you. Amen. Um, thank you. Yeah.
0: I just wanted to thank Corby just for sharing his heart. Don't you appreciate who he is in the Lord and what a good, good brother we found. We're gonna dismiss in just a moment. I'd love to invite our worship team to come back up, and um, there's a table that's out here uh, as you exit, And uh, Steve, would you just stand up and show your beautiful face? Steve is a good friend, and uh, he's also the Director of Development for Kids Alive Ministries, and he'll be back there as well as Corby will be around to answer any questions you might have or share opportunities that you might have to partner with their organization, whether it's prayerfully or financially, but all that information is back there, and so we're glad, Steve, that you're here as well. Um, We have a really great opportunity as we wrap up our service. One thing that we've been very committed to and will be continuously committed to is prayer for any needs that you have. We will have our altars open every Sunday just to, to be with you in whatever it is that you're going through and to trust that the Lord knows before you even ask, but he invites us to come and ask him. And it's a beautiful thing to partner with God in that way. So whether it's financial needs or emotional needs or physical needs, we've seen God do some tremendous healings in all those areas and we're here to pray with you on that. But um, before we do that, um, I wanted to invite Joel and Abby back up and any of the team that's going to Mexico. Um, I'm not sure, I know some of them are here and some aren't, but if you are a part of that team and you'd like to join them, we'd love to have you come up at this point. All right, let's, yeah. Let's. We want to invite you as a congregation. Um, you so generously, like crazy generous. I love that story of the $3,000 goal. That's just gonna go down in history, you know? But how generous you've been to them financially, but that we would ask that you would continue to be generous to them with your prayers and and trusting that the Lord will do awesome things through them as they go as ambassadors. And one of the things I wanna say to you guys and say to all of you is they're not going as junior missionaries on a cute little excursion. I, I wanna say that in all honesty because sometimes we can go, oh, how neat. The high schoolers are gonna get cross-cultural experience but but that is true they will and they'll be able to see some amazing things but they're going as ambassadors of the gospel and they're going as an extension of our community and so i want to see them as that i want you to see them as that as well and so i'd invite you to stand to your feet if you'd like to come and lay hands on them um corby i'd love it if you would pray over them um just believe you have such authority in this area so i'm going to give the microphone to corby uh, but please come if you'd like to lay hands and commission them
2: Father God, we thank you um, for the work that you invite us into. Like a good father, you say, hey, come and help. Come and be a part of my story. Come and be a part of the renewal of all things. Come and be a part of the bringing of my kingdom to this world. And Lord, I pray for this team. I pray for their provision. I pray for their uh, physical protection. I pray for their soul and heart vulnerability that they would be uh, in a space where they can breathe and they can understand you and that everything would change in them i pray that that goes for their the kids who go with them i pray that for the parents that the parents would have peace but the parents would be praying for their child to be impacted in a way that would be life altering god i pray for them to um have eyes uh, By the Holy Spirit, um, ears by the Holy Spirit, their tongues would be controlled by the Holy Spirit, and their hands would be guided uh, by a loving Father who calls us to do amazing things and to bring life and to bring purpose and to bring joy and love into the lives of the people they will minister to in Mexico. And we pray this not um, for any other purpose but for your glory, Jesus. Amen.
0: Amen. The worship team is going to lead us in a song, and if you would like to come for any any need that you have, we'd love to pray with you. Would you Would you guys lead us?
3: Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, O. Oh soul. Worship His holy name. Sing like never before. Oh, my soul, I'll worship Your
0: again we'll be hanging out around here afterwards if you'd like prayer for anything and there's a table out there but and go out with joy and be led forth with peace amen amen bless you
1: If you said it, we believe it If you said it, hey If you said it, we believe it